did a filler to to indicate between our pre-roll and our our neither of us sang our intro music anywhere near correct i guess we don't know it i'm gonna definitely (laughs) include that in the editing okay welcome hello hello this is two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we are your ghostesses that is corinne hello that's sabrina hello (laughs) <laughs> oh my god you sound like peewee peewee herman <laughs> oh i appreciate that you know what else i appreciate what well okay so i went to soul cycle a couple of weeks ago with my roommate and i learned i don't like soul cycle <laughs> but i bought i thought i'd like it so i bought three classes instead of just one to try it so now i have to go to the others that's a good way to make yourself work out force yes, yourself so I went to the early morning class this morning and I was like, okay, I can go so long as I go to this guy. His name is Ryan. He's in the Beacon Hill Soul Cycle. And he, we had an Ariana Grande themed Soul Cycle class and he wore a long blonde wig up in a ponytail and a crop top. And he was like, I'm Ariana. <laughs> That's amazing. I was obsessed. Yeah. I was like, I'm so glad I woke up and went to this. I've been to a, a uh, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake themed <gasps> class before. Ooh, that's amazing. I would have gone in like denim, a full denim suit. Wait, oh, by the time this episode comes out, we will have done our first live show. Yes, we will. That's super surreal. I'm nervous. I haven't written my episode yet. so I started, but I'm ner- <laughs> You yeah. did? Okay. I'm nervous. I like, I'm nervous. I don't know. It's weird because like we do this every week, but we do it through screens. Yeah, we're not even sitting with each other. We've we've recorded maybe two episodes sitting with each yeah. other. Maybe three. I think two. And even then, two. we're like, this is weird. Like, I can reach out and touch you. I know. What if I'm, like, uncomfortable and I have to put, like, a piece of paper between us so I can't see you physically? And then we FaceTime because I'm like, this is better. <laughs> oh, my God. What if that's the setup of our live show? We never <laughs> make eye contact. We just go and sit at our own little desks. And <laughs> On the Skype opposite each other. sides of the <laughs> stage. <laughs> Oh, God. How horrible. Well, the good thing about doing our first show at the podcast festival is that it's a festival. So there's a bunch of other podcasters there. And then hopefully we'll have two girls, one ghost live shows, like our own live shows. Yes. So we're getting all of the nerves out with this one. Yep. Maybe. If the nerves ever go away. We might just turn into ghosts right then and there on stage. We have a few friends that are going and I'm, I'm like... Are the lights going to be on? Are the lights going to be off? Am I going to just be making eye contact with, like, strong eye contact with people? I know. That's why I told my mom and Nick that they need to sit further back. Oh, did you? (laughs) Okay. Well, we also have other friends that are going, and then we have my family, and I feel like my extended family. Oh, my gosh. So there's going to be a lot of eyes looking at us. The whole audience is going to be Corinne's family. (laughs) (laughs) They all come out for this. All of her ancestors from the other side are also going to be there. We've invited all of our family who has passed on. We've invited Wrinkles. Oh, Sabrina. That would be amazing. What if 
what if when we're performing a dog walks across the stage and we don't notice and after everyone has the shared experience of seeing wrinkles walk across the stage i had a bad thought what if a demon walks across the stage no (laughs) ruin our first show we both get possessed and then the podcast ends oh gosh well that's an interesting way for a podcast to end i just want to take a moment to tell you that it is um, a little wet outside here. It's going to start raining. Ooh. And a small dog walked by in a raincoat. <laughs> just That's now. so cute. It's, it's so cute. finally fall. It's so much fall that Sabrina is wearing a t-shirt or a muscle tee that says, but first, hocus pocus. Oh, yeah. This is my official, like, starting this week or the beginning of this week, I was like, every day I'm wearing fall colors. I'm wearing Halloween-themed clothing. Ugh. Amazing. Yeah. I have to go to Target tomorrow and I'm I've been for the past three days. Really? Oh no, don't tell me that. Because (laughs) for the past three days I've literally been like, you have a list, stick to your list, because I keep thinking about all the Halloween decorations. And I'm like, don't stray, don't stray. You have I'm like trying to give myself a time, like map out my trip so that I'm not I just know I'm gonna buy stuff. Yeah. I know it. Target's hard too. You're going to Target. Right. And normally I wouldn't restrain myself in that way. But I also have a new apartment where I have no storage. But the good thing about not having much space, because my my bedroom door won't like physically open fully Mm -hmm. because it get it hits some of my furniture. So the plus side of that, although somewhat annoying, is that if anyone ever tried to come in my room and murder me, it wouldn't be easy access. They'd have to go to the side and shuffle like crab walk in. And I'd just be like, okay, that took you three minutes and I already have all my weapons. Well, you'll already have your weapons regardless of how long it takes because you sleep with them under your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do our um, costumes and Halloween movie and then jump into our topic? Absolutely. I'm so glad you remember that because I never remember. You go first. Okay. So these are costumes that already exist in, in terms of their pop – well – I shouldn't say they're all popular. One is very much, I don't think anyone's dressed as this. <laughs> and then the other one is a popular one. Okay. So if you're maybe new to an area like I am to this area of Boston, uh-huh. and you get invited to a Halloween party and you're kind of nervous or maybe your crush is going to be there and you don't really know people or maybe you don't know how dressed up people are going to be. So you're nervous, you're a little sweaty and you just want to have a good time. Perfect costume for you is to be Molly Shannon's character from Superstar because it's hilarious wow it allows you to dance and it lets you check your bo because part of the character is to put her hands in her armpits and (laughs) smell them so if you're a nervous halloweener this is the costume for you super stop bitch that's amazing okay what's your okay this one's for you corinne Ooh. okay so do you want to take corinne on the hot date do you want (laughs) to do you want to wow her with your looks Dress up as Zach Baggins. I was literally just going to say, are you going to tell them to dress as Zach Baggins? <laughs> oh. And if you want to make it a couple date, you can do Zach Baggins and then the other person is a ghost. Or you can do like Zach and Nick or any of the other uh, Ghost Adventures crew. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a pretty easy costume. You just have to spike your hair up and then uh, <laughs> wear like a muscle tank. Maybe wear those like <laughs> sleeves that you add muscles to your arms. <laughs> really big or just for the next few weeks work out really hard and take a lot of creatine and protein you know buff it up oh my god that's a good one (laughs) i was gonna do this well it's funny because i still don't have a halloween costume wait what i know i'm like i told you to be voldemort i know i love it but i'm just 
the makeup is very difficult. I guess that's true. And if I'm going to commit to something, I want to do it well. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I need to start on my costume because I've had mine picked out. I know, and I want to know what it is. Well, you can't know. No one knows. Um, All right, what's your other costume? Okay. Well, we need to brainstorm some for you because... I know. That's like why I'm like, oh, I'm doing all this work for everyone else. I'm always so selfless and no one helps me. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear what you come up with because you always come up with something. Yeah. But it's hard to top Samara. I know. But you don't have to top Samara. Just like do good, you know? You just have to... Be better. Be amazing. (laughs) All right. What's your second one? Okay, these are – it's kind of two things. Okay. Um, they are shows and movies from my childhood that I was obsessed with, and I was obsessed with certain characters and have always thought it would be amazing if someone dressed up as these characters. Which ones? Crumb from – ah, Real Monsters, the guy who – has he holds his own eyeballs oh my god that's amazing so all you need really is a nude suit some eyeballs to hold and grow out your armpit hair wow and then the other one is uh the thumb from spy kids you have always wanted to do this i i was hoping that that was what you were going to be doing this year every time my friends ask what i'm going to be i always say i'm being the thumb from spy kids I wish <laughs> but I've never you done would. It. It's just there's so much crafting that would need to take place, and I haven't been been able to. And also, I haven't quite had the bod to pull off that skin tight, um, like red suit they wear. But I would do love to see one? you do it. Yes. So wait, I want to do another one after this because I it came to me and it reminded me so much of something you would come up with. Oh, okay. Dress up as Frankenstein, and. If you want to make it a couple's costume, you can do Frankenstein and Mary Shelley because Mary Shelley is the true one who created Frankenstein. That's a good one. And that's like for people – it's kind of like almost for those well-versed in the literary literary world. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's like a little Easter egg for them. Yeah. All right. What's your last one? Okay. My last one is also for someone who's attending a Halloween party. This is only for someone who is close to the host – who is hosting the party, you gather a group together and you all dress up as some sort of like mythical creature or something that people don't tend to believe in, like a a ghost or Bigfoot or, you know, something like that. But then one person dresses up as the host. And so when people ask what the group costume is, you say you're all dressed up as things people don't believe in. Oh, (laughs) Isn't it funny? It's yeah, mean, but you really but have to funny. be close to the host. <laughs> I thought it was so clever. And then I was like, no, I can't say this. Is this mean? I like, imagine I imagine a host like super stressed out and like nothing's <laughs> going right. They've planned this party for months. The punch bowl spilled. The bobbing for apples failed. And then you ask your best friend what they're dressed <laughs> as. <laughs> It's just so funny. Oh, I feel bad laughing so hard at my own idea. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. That's great. All right. What's, what movie are you watching this week? Okay. I'm really excited about this one. Do you remember Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire? <gasps> yes. That is the mo- my movie of the week. So if you guys don't know, 
This I'm gonna read the like log line. The Hanton kids have a ma- have major social engagements planned, but they have all been grounded. So they're delighted when their mom gets a date, enabling them to sneak out unnoticed. However, their delight is short lived when their brother Taylor suspects her new boyfriend is a blood sucking vampire. Dun, dun, dun. Was this did this come out in the eighties? In two thousand. In two thousand. Wow. Yeah. I was very wrong. Yep. My memories of movies back then, just the quality of them, I just assume it was a long time ago. Oh, it's so good. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. That's my movie of the week. So amazing. Mm -hmm. I want to watch it too now. Yep. What's yours? Beetlejuice. (gasps) That is such a good one. That's also a great costume. D-A-A-O. Daylight come and me want to go home. So everyone has to go watch it. It's a good one. It's a great one. Okay. On to... The thing that we do every week, which is talk about ghosts, talk about ghosts. And this week is a topic picked by a Patreon member or donor. It was picked by Margaret and she picked hauntings in Texas, which kind of goes with what you talked about last week with El Paso. Mm -hmm. Hi, I just started it early. We just we're gonna hit from now on. It's just hauntings in Texas. So yeah, we're just if you don't changing like Texas, our you best be getting out. <laughs> Go on, get. It's like the 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 Texercist. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that, that meme, meme is, is so funny. funny. Oh, we should post Go that on, this week. Get. Okay, yeah, let's do it with this episode. Um, am I first? Yes, you are. Okay, I have my coffee and I'm ready to listen. You're warm. It's raining outside and dogs are wearing rain jackets. You're ready to go. What an amazing opportunity to listen to ghosts. (laughs) Okay, so I chose the Grove House, which is in Jefferson, Texas. It's also known as the Stilly Young House, and it is on the National Register of Historic Places and recorded as a Texas landmark. And guess what? It's also one of the most haunted places in Texas. Mm. Mm, Love it. Okay. Love it. So the house was built in 1861, and it's built in a blend of architectural styles, both of Greek Revival and French Creole. So today it stands pretty much as it was when it was first built in the 19th century because its owners are wonderful and decided to preserve its history. And it's actually one of those houses that when they built it, they believed that hallways were a waste of space. So instead of hallways, you have to walk through every room to get to other rooms. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was just like one of the first open layouts. And I was like, wow, that's so amazing. (laughs) No, no, there are lots of doors, but you just have to walk through every single room to get to the other rooms. Wow, I never really thought about that. A house without hallways. Yeah. There are a lot of owners who lived in the home, and I'm going to talk about a lot of them. But it's worth noting all of the family members because it seems like they are either responsible for the paranormal activity, or maybe they are the paranormal activity, or maybe the paranormal activity happened to them. So let's begin. The land was originally owned by the co-founders of Jefferson. Their names were Daniel and Lucy Allen, but they didn't build anything on the land, and they eventually sold it to Amos Morrill, a famous lawyer and the first federal judge of Texas who built a small log cabin on the land, but then he sold it, and then it again sold in 1861 to Frank Stilley and Minerva Fox. And so Frank and Minerva were the first people who built the house as it stands today, and they're also the first people who experienced the supernatural powers on the land. Dun, dun, dun. So when Frank and Minerva finally moved into their brand new home, they began to encounter some real bad luck. First, a flood destroyed Frank Stilley's cotton brokering business, 
And while he tried to rebuild it, the U.S. Army completely removed the great raft that allowed for shipping along the bayou. And so his business was basically no, no longer profitable. And then in 1879, Minerva died and Frank was just so distraught and heartbroken that he could no longer live in the house because he was so sad. And then, okay, so there's this case. It's called the Stockade Case. It was during the time of Reconstruction in America, which is basically right after the American Civil War when America was being reconstructed. And um, it's not clear if this happened when the Stillies lived in the home or if it happened after they put it up for sale. Regardless, this case is attributed to why the house is so haunted. So in the South at the time, after the Civil War, they had a very negative outlook on like the Northerners who would come move down to the South and they called them carpetbaggers. Okay. okay. What? I'm trying to think of what that means and why it would be bad. Yeah, I don't know the etymology of that term, but it was a term that they used for Northerners who would come to the South after. Carpetbaggers. Yeah. I think it sounds like a dream job. (laughs) Roll up beautiful carpets, put them in bags, send them off to live a wonderful life in a new home. Or you make bags out of carpets. Again, equally as beautiful. (laughs) Anyway, so one of these men, his name was George W. Smith, and he arrived to Jefferson and he had brought with him four freed slaves. And he had this very liberal approach on, on freedom of slaves and he believed that Jefferson itself needed to be burnt to the ground in order to be reborn and reconstructed to fit into what america now was because they had negative outlooks on slavery mm-hmm. and so he made his opinion very clear which is like you walk you came into this town and you just voiced a very unpopular opinion so the southerners and locals in jefferson were not happy with smith's arrival and it got so bad that they started giving him death threats. So then the Union soldiers then put Smith and his four companions in the jail. They didn't imprison them, but just like as like a security precaution, like we'll protect you. Come stay here. Okay, yes. But, and this reminds me of the scene in To Kill a Mockingbird when, um, did you read that book? When Scout and Jem go follow their dad, Atticus, to the prison and then all the whole townspeople are outside of Tom Robinson's. And they're trying to, like, break in? Um, I read it when I was in middle school, and I don't remember anything. So. Well, that's just a scene in the book. Um, But so basically all the Union soldiers are protecting them, but the local people come in as as a mob and just disarm the guards and break into the jail. They pull George Smith and and the four freed slaves out of the cells. They shoot George Smith on the street. And then. Whoa. Yeah. And then they, they. either hanged or shot the other black men with him and it's reported that this all took place either on the same street or right next to and on the lawn of the grove house okay so that's why it's haunted yeah perhaps perhaps or it's part of the haunting because there are lots of different ghosts that have been seen there so yeah this case gave the grove its reputation of being one of the most haunted sites in america and many people have actually seen these ghosts of the five men on the property and some experiences actually there's one story of a young girl who was staying at the house she was like the niece of the owner and she saw a man a black man lying in the street and he was like kind of like convulsing a little bit and so she like starts approaching him and then all of a sudden he disappears so oh my gosh reliving the death yeah which is so horrible that's so horrible so after the stillies moved they sold the house to the rock family and again they had some bad luck with their careers and had to leave. And then the Burks bought it from the Rocks. There's a lot of families, I'm telling you. And 
they only lived there for six months and they just returned the house back to the rocks and they couldn't give a reason. Just they only said that they no longer wished to live in that house. So maybe something happened. Maybe they saw some spirits and they weren't on board. They weren't down with it. I don't know. But then the rocks moved back into the house and then their businesses were just completely suffering. And so they had to sell it again and they sold it to Charles and Daphne Young. And they were a young African-American couple that had been born into slavery as children. And then they lived a seemingly normal life in this home until 1908 when their son, James, died by suicide at the house. Um, He actually hanged himself on the back porch. So it's believed that his spirit has been seen hanging from the back porch. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, this is also awful. You know, I, I just, I mean, like that time in American history when slavery was rampant yeah. in so many different areas of the U.S., it's just so incredibly fascinating, but it's so tough to hear about because it's just horrible right yeah i mean yeah they were freed slaves but still the treatment i'm sure their treatment in that area was not great yeah i mean and then post-slavery was segregation yeah it didn't it was mean horrible. that they really yeah. had rights you right. know oh god yeah so also james doesn't have a marker in the local cemetery and so it's believed that he was buried on the land of the home so it might be why his spirit is seen more often at the home so Charlie and Daphne, Charles, Charles, mm, Charles and Daphne both lived in the house until they died. And then they left their home to their eldest daughter, Louise. And Louise held her mother's funeral service on the front porch of the home because her mom, Daphne, said she wished that she could be near the garden she loved so much as long as possible. And Oh, that's a sweet. It's believed that she spends lots of time in that garden because people have seen a young girl actually running through the garden. So it's believed that Daphne's <sighs> spirit, she presents herself as a young girl. Maybe that's the fondest time of her life. I'm not sure, but she is seen running through the garden, which is so sweet. Oh, wow. That is very sweet. And like, what a great place to spend. I know. Some time. And she loved it. It seems like she built that garden with her own bare hands. So she felt very close to it. Mm-hmm. Then, so in the 1930s, Louise actually built an enclosed porch in the back of the home and built an indoor bathroom because that was a new exciting thing that they could do. Oh, it doesn't (laughs) just amaze you. It's just like, what did people do before? I don't want to go outside to an outhouse. Yeah. And actually, the bathroom where she built the bathroom is supposed to be the location that her brother had completed suicide. So according to those who knew Louise, Louise was troubled by something and she was often frightened and she started having horrible experiences as she got older, but she got every single door and window was fitted with very strong lock. And then she also had lights installed everywhere to keep the yard well lit because she said that she kept seeing figures looking into her windows or walking in the yard only to disappear when she would turn the lights on. So she was terrified. She thought there were prowlers coming into her house. And so she would call the police on a regular basis complaining of prowlers and they would come and they would never find anyone. So it's believed that they were ghosts, that all these People spirits- walking around the property at night, that is not something horrifying. that anyone would really want to see. Right. I mean- right? And too, if we think about response time for the police- Back when that happened, I can't imagine that they're there within like a minute. Right. Right. So people could get away. Truthfully, like part of me when I was reading this, I was like, maybe it was the KKK. 
but I don't want to make any oh. assumptions. And some of the reports said that when she would look out in the window, the things would just disappear. Whatever these people or entities were, they would disappear. So I don't think real humans have magical powers and can disappear. I think right. it's more ghosts, but I don't know. I, I wasn't I'm there. shocked that you don't believe that given your love for Harry Potter. <laughs> I wish it was real. Until I'm a witch or wizard, it doesn't... Until you get your letter. It, it does, it's not real. <laughs> because if I'm not a witch, then no one else is. <laughs> okay, so then when in her later years, she became a recluse and moved into one of the rooms and like kind of just stayed in there and never left and let the rest of the house kind of get dilapidated and deteriorating. And then she died in the house in 1983 at the age of 96. Wow, she lived a long, full life. A very long life. So it's also believed that maybe she's the young girl who's running around in the garden because she grew up there. So it's not clear. After that, the Grove was purchased by a family. Oh, by the Grove family, actually. And they moved in after finishing some renovations. But shortly thereafter, Daniel Grove was diagnosed with Binswanger's disease, which is a rare form of dementia that's characterized by lesions in the brain, which is like a very rare disease. And they were forced to sell the house. So it seems like a lot of weird stuff happens to people who move into the home. But in the short time that they did live there, Mrs. Grove apparently would bring a Bible to bed every single night so that her and her husband could pray before she fell asleep because she was too scared. That's so – that's yeah, that's disheartening, you know? You want someone to feel comfortable in their own home. And if she was that nervous, that right. makes me really sad. And then also one night she woke up to a black mass and – Golfing the entire room and she would hear embodied voices and footsteps wow and i wonder because her husband was diagnosed with such a horrible disease i wonder if this black mass was like symbolic of that or it was like or something darker trying to prey on him since he that. was more vulnerable yeah i don't know it just reminds me of black-eyed kids in the way that like when you see a black-eyed kid a lot of times people will be diagnosed with something terminal Become, or yeah extremely ill yeah. and perhaps maybe pass away yeah post seeing them yes so then the house became a restaurant it was also called the grove and it was bought by patrick hopkins who says that the beginning of buying this building was actually paranormal for him because he was driving through jefferson when he was actually at a time in his life he didn't live in texas anymore but it was during a time of his life where he felt very homesick so he was back in jefferson and he was driving through the town and all of a sudden he sees this for sale sign and as well as literally seeing the sign, he physically felt like it was a sign because deep in his mind, he was like, I've wanted to move back here for so long and this is my opportunity. It's staring me right in the face. So he bought the home and turned it into a restaurant. He was a great, well-known chef and he would host like uh, dinner theater and big events at the restaurant. And right before he opened it, he actually was like getting ready to open it and he saw this lady in white. And she walked down the hallway into the bathroom and then she never came out. So when he went into the bathroom to go check, there was no one there. Of course. Of course. And it was actually during his ownership of the home that his niece saw the black man lying in the street, which is so scary and sad. And it's, it's also just pretty wild that this many people have experiences in the home, mm -hmm. you know? It's not just one family or one person. It's a bunch of people who spend time in the home. They all seem to have encounters. It's almost every all single of one encounters. of them. Yeah. Right. Then also when the restaurant was open, a waitress was suddenly attacked by a black and white dog that was walking while she was walking out of the kitchen. And 
when she regained her composure, she went back into the kitchen. And there was like no dog to be seen. And then no, no dog was ever found on the property. So no one knows what exactly it was. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because I don't want to think that there was a ghost dog who was just attacking people. I mean, we know that shadow people can show up in different shapes and forms. So maybe it was that or maybe... Same with demonic presences. Or maybe it was a real dog that just like ran out real quick. I don't know. Maybe Skinwalker. Maybe a Skinwalker. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> the current owners, Mitchell and Tammy Whittington, purchased the home in 2002 and have lived there since. So many people have reported have been reported to die on or near the property, some more tragically than others. And it seems like all of their spirits kind of contribute to the hauntings at the Grove. So there's like sudden odors that have appeared in many rooms in the property. Some reported smelling a woman's perfume. Others have encountered a more unpleasant smell of body odor, as if someone who has not taken a bath in a long time. But then there's another ghost that has been seen and there's been unexplainable wet footprints. So it's clearly not the bad odor ghost because someone else has taken a bath. So even though it's- that just reminds me of the crone of Catskills because the creature entity oh. attached to it leaves the wet footprints. I hope and we know not. that that's not a good spirit. I know. But maybe it's like a young kid who was swimming. I don't know. Yeah, playing outside and then coming in and tracking everything. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, There have also been drops of water found on the staircase when there's no one in the home. There's like no explanation for it. There's no leaks or pipe leaking anything. It's just like weird drops of water. There are often mirrors falling off walls and like flying across rooms but not breaking. There are loud bangs. um, The constant feeling of being watched. And... There's a ghostly woman who has been reported many times being around the grove. She was reportedly seen by her by a neighbor and her sister who saw a glowing white figure on the porch. And they believe that this woman is Minerva Fox Stilly, the original owner of the home who has not yet wanted to leave. She's often been seen walking behind the house and then stepping up through the wall of the house, which, like I told you, um, one of I think it was Louise added the back porch. So before that, when Minerva lived there, there was no back porch. So it was just the steps. So I believe it's believed that she still sees the house as it was. Oh, that's sweet. Uh huh. But then that also makes me wonder. Well, I remember we brought this up on one of the episodes where there's an idea that ghosts or spirits might um, interact with homes as they did when they were alive. So that's why certain right. spirits are seen walking through walls instead of the door because it used to be a door in that well, area. It's, we've talked about this before. The book Ever Lost talks about that. And that's like a very common theory in that book. I wonder if you get to choose, though, if you get to be like, well, I was happiest then. So I want to stay in in that time. Or if I don't if know, you do you get to interact with the new ghost? Tell us. Ghosts tell us. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's been like, okay, for example, in my childhood home, when I was in middle school, I was in our living room. I was laying down on the couch after school watching TV, mm-hmm. and I'd taken off my shoes to put my feet up on the couch. And in front of me, one of my shoes picked up and is just hovering. What? In the middle of the air. And then I just freak out, and I jump over the back of the couch and run out, and it falls back down to the ground. Whoever's spirit that was was not in the house prior because we built the house. Right. And also they're interacting with something new, my shoe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they choose to see it that way because like that's what they remember. I don't know. Yeah. Ghosts, why are you so confusing? Tell us. Tell us everything. Okay, 
So there have been many EVPs actually caught while standing on the lawn of the home, and one is believed to be from Mrs. Young herself. She, like, says hello when they ask her question. Hello. And then during a candlelight tour, a couple visiting from Dallas took a picture of the Christmas lights on the neighbor's house, which is on the east side of the grove. And the photo showed the Christmas lights in the foreground. And in the background was a lady in a high-colored puff sleeve white dress surrounded by a ring of smoke. Is this a public photo? I haven't been able to find it. But I'm going to keep searching. And if I find it, I will send it to all of you. Yes, I want to Via social media. Corinne, I'll send it to you. I was like, are you going to text text. everyone? (laughs) I'll text everyone. Send me your phone number. Here's Sabrina's number. Ready? Everyone have a pen and paper? (laughs) Don't. I already have a stalker. I don't need another. Um... While rehearsing a dinner theater, a light technician was on the front porch looking through the window, and she suddenly saw someone staring at her. So she quickly glanced to the right, and by the porch was a lady in white who began walking to the east side of the house. This person, the technician, runs out of the house, starts chasing the woman, and then the woman turns the corner around behind the house and then vanishes. So There's a lot of pursuit involved. I feel like people are constantly like following someone into the bathroom, following someone around the house, and then we're going back into the kitchen. But is this the ghost that Louise was seeing? Like it looks like – it seems like this lady in white kept peering into the windows and walking through the lawn. So maybe it's the ghost that Louise was seeing and so scared of. Oh, yeah. The peering into the windows thing. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, that's very creepy. Especially if they've been seen in the house too. It's like, why don't you stay in? Unless they're very confused and they're like, I don't understand who these people are inside my house. And so they're peering in as if like someone's invading their space. Maybe it's like the upside down. (gasps) You know? I would hate to think that the paranormal world is like the upside down. That's so sad. I know. Or it's like Coraline, going back to Coraline, yeah. you know, she wakes up and she's like, is this my house or is this the button-eyed parent's house? Yeah. Okay, last few stories. A shadow figure has been seen in the garden many times and it will like run across the yard really quickly and then just stand in a spot and like kind of stare at the house. Eek! Yeah. So again, another maybe another contributing spirit that the that Louise was haunted by. You know what? This okay, this is why shadow people, shadow figures are so scary. Because they move quickly. Yes. That's the thing. They're always seen darting. They're darting, they're crawling, they're running. They're never just like walking through. And they always seem to be staring at you even if you like can't see their eyes. Yes. Oh my God. And then lights go on and off in the house. Chandeliers have reported to sway and swing violently. Um, so if you want to go, the current owners of the house actually do tours at the Grove. It, uh, the address is 405 Mosley Street, Jefferson, Texas. And the tours are usually held Saturday, 2 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m., but you have to call ahead of time. But it's $6 a person. They know all the history. And they'll tell you their personal experiences. I think you can do EVP readings if you want. And then The Grove has been featured on a bunch of TV shows uh, like If Walls Could Talk or This Old House or Weird or What. I really appreciate that the tours are during daylight. It doesn't matter what season it is. It is going to be the sun will shine. The sun will shine. 11 or 2. Yes. Well, I think that's great because also these people live there. They don't want strangers in their house at night when they're trying to like eat family dinner and that's true just the ghosts that's true not strangers just ghosts oh my gosh i wonder if the people that run the tours have ever seen anything i don't know if you've been on a tour let us know let us know let us know i'm really excited to tell you about mine (gasps) i'm really excited to hear about it did you wait okay it's just different from any of our other stories go ahead what is it 
Why? What, what were you going to say? Well, okay. So I kept seeing this one place. It's called the Spaghetti Warehouse. And I was hoping you would do it just because of its name. Wait, that's actually hilarious because I started writing about the Spaghetti Warehouse <laughs> first. And I was going to open it being like, sounds like a dream location, <laughs> but really it's haunted. <laughs> the Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> the Spaghetti Factory. Well, I didn't do that, but I'll give you a very quick overview for anyone who does want to look up the Spaghetti Factory. Okay. It was basically this warehouse, the Spaghetti Warehouse, but um, I believe someone did pass away in it. And then also a bunch of it was eventually became like a place where a lot of antiques were held. So it's believed that maybe some of the spirits that haunt there were attached to their antiques. And that's why they are in the Spaghetti Warehouse. In the actual Spaghetti in the spaghetti mm. it gets packaged Eating up ghosts. and it goes home it's like doing a recall for like bad produce but <laughs> everyone just gets haunted recall when they eat spaghetti. on all pasta because now you're haunted it's like you take home leftovers but you also take home a ghost right and if you don't like your ghost just exchange it for a new one yeah go back and get another plate of pasta or maybe you'll take home two ghosts this time we've made up all of this we don't know that this is true <laughs> this is yeah if you are spacing out and just came back in, we're it's just been lies for the past 45 <laughs> seconds. Don't believe anything we're saying. Okay. I did not do the spaghetti warehouse. Okay. What did you do? I did something different. Okay. Very different. We are going to Galveston, Texas, and we're going to stop at the UT Medical School building. So um, University of Texas Medical Branch okay. has a specific building. But this ghost story is not a ghost story about what's lurking in the walls, but rather what's lurking on the walls. Boy, oh man, I saw Specifically. this. I saw this. Did you? Ah, but I don't know anything about it. I just saw the picture okay. of it in an article and I didn't. I'm excited. Okay. okay. I actually chose it because I was I was telling my roommate Jill this story and then also the spaghetti warehouse one. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know which one to do. And she had such like a strong visceral reaction to this one and was so creeped out that I was like, Ooh. that's the one. Okay. So that's why I did this. Good. Okay. So the UT medical branch has a building known as the Ewing building or building number 71. And there is a face on the outside of the building, taking up an entire slab of concrete. That's so, so like, crazy. It looks like a watermark yeah. that is the face of a person. It's very visible. And maybe you're like, okay, well, whatever. You know, like people see faces everywhere. You look at the clouds, you see different shapes. Like it's just human nature to it, – it, we're wired to try to find patterns and puzzle right. pieces and put them together. But that's not the case with this one because this face first appeared – and was taking up space on the fourth floor panel. So the entire panel, fourth floor, above the door, like however many floors up above the door, mm -hmm. um, this face appeared. And the university didn't really appreciate the face and thought it was rather creepy. And so they sandblasted the face off of the slab. And it disappeared. The slab was empty. Then the face came back. But this time, ah! it moved down one story oh. onto the third story panel, just below the first panel. No way. Yep. This is like blood so stains when they like kind of seep back in, even when you change the carpet. But yeah, like, you can redo this the jump. foundation, put new hardware. <coughs> God. Wow. Sorry, I can't even go on. I'm done. <laughs> I'm um, <laughs> not again, Grin. <laughs> I drank soap again this morning. <laughs> no, I've been very careful about that. <laughs> I, this um, time, if you did it again, I'd be like, okay, I have no sympathy for you. 
maybe I'm just actually trying to poison myself and be like, it's a mistake. Um, okay. So it appears on the third story directly below the original slab that it was on. And this time it really sparked some interest amongst, you know, students, mm-hmm. people in the town, paranormal investigators, teenagers, like everybody around was like wanting to go see the haunted slab. Of course. And so UTMB, which is University of Texas Medical Branch, uh-huh. UTMB was like, okay, this is annoying. We don't want people coming on. This is private property. Everyone's going crazy about this slab. Like, whatever. It's no big deal. We'll just sandblast it again. Oh, my God. So they sandblasted once more. <gasps> Second time sandblasting. And the face was removed. Then, <laughs> you know where this is going. Yep. The face came back. And this time it moved one story down again and was on the second story panel, just under the third and fourth story panels where it had lived prior. This is... So it just keeps moving down. Wild. Yeah. And so then the school, uh, they basically, I guess, just gave up trying to remove the face. Yeah, because it clearly wants to be there. Right. It does not want to leave. And the face still exists today on the second story panel so anyone can go see it. I mean, well, I'll tell you about how to see it later. Um, the university claims that it's just a watermark because the building is facing water. So I guess when a lot of buildings are like seaside, waterside, whatever, mm-hmm. watermarks will appear on them. But that's kind of suspect, you know, to say like it's just from the water spraying on our building. And for it to be the exact same face over and over but like right specifically only in one spot that keeps moving down like that it's way too specific specific, yeah yes so some speculate that the university didn't try to remove the face for a third time because they feared that it would move again and if it went with the pattern of what it was doing prior which is just moving down one story this time the slab it would have landed on on the first story is where the entrance to the building lies aka They don't want the spirit to make its way inside Mm. of the building. So they just let the spirit live on the second story. I love when people get superstitious like that. (laughs) It's like, like, it's just a watermark. But it's like, well, if it's just a watermark, why aren't you just taking five minutes to sandblast it? Are you Mm -hmm. scared? Are you a chicken, huh? Are you scared, UT Medical Branch? (laughs) They are. They're scared. We're scared too all the time. So what can we say? (laughs) <laughs> uh, trying to intimidate them really we're like shaking in our boots i'm like i'm, I'm never gonna go see that with our high-pitched voices like we're so intimidating <laughs> watch out i'll scare okay. you well sabrina you were told the other day that something you wrote was the darkest thing that anyone <laughs> had read that's true so maybe <laughs> so i am really scary there's a darkness inside <laughs> i me, told sabrina <laughs> and it's trying to I come told her out a- oh my god <laughs> I have a sunny disposition, but a really dark, 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 dark inside. I told you, you're a reverse Oreo. Light on the outside, dark on the inside. That's me. Okay, so legend goes that this is the face of Bigfoot Wallace. And Bigfoot Wallace was involved in a land dispute with the state of Texas. I guess he was a member of the Texas Army, and he was entitled to a grant of land and so he went into whatever office somewhere filled out the paperwork it was signed by the person who was supposed to sign it which apparently was the president of the republic of texas and then he was given the property rights to 
Galveston Island, which is kind of like the little space that the the university okay. is now on. This was around the time, not long after, I guess, that the university was trying to start building on this piece of land. And apparently, UTMB offered to purchase his property, Bigfoot Wallace's property, from him. But he refused to give it up. He's like, no way, man. This is my land. Like, get off my back. Get off my land. Get off of my <laughs> land. I'll shoot you. It reminds me of Princess Diaries when they – it says, like, the sign. It's like, don't walk on the lawn. Or, like, do not walk on the grass. And she walks on the grass. And they, like, yell oh, over yeah. the speaker. <laughs> Get off the lawn. I saw – I walked by a house the other day and it had, like, a beautiful garden and, like, this, like, coexist sign and all this stuff. But then on the door – it was like owner has guns, like beware of dog. And I was like, this contrast is so interesting. <laughs> I guess I won't go through this beautiful garden. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So he's like, no, thank you. I would like to keep my land and I would like to pass it down to my next generation because that's what kind people do. So Bigfoot Wallace, he hung on to his land. He wouldn't right. give in, which actually isn't so shocking I mean, most people want to keep their land, but he comes from a family line that kind of has a history of defending their land. His ancestor was Sir William Wallace, and that person was known for defending his land from King Edward I when they were trying to take over land. So it's a generational thing. It is. And this guy is famous pretty much because if you've ever seen the movie Braveheart, this guy, Sir William Wallace, Bigfoot Wallace's ancestor, was played in the movie Braveheart by Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. Yes, Mel Gibson, a younger Mel Gibson. Okay, so Bigfoot Wallace, he wanted to keep his land and he made his family promise not to sell the land after he he died because he was getting older. The land dispute was happening and he was like, no one give in. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not giving in. Don't give them this land. So he eventually passes away in 1899 and his tombstone reads, here lies he who spent his manhood defending the homes of Texas, brave, honest, and faithful. I kindest words, right? What? I I'll never get a He was a good guy. That's that that's nice. That's that nice. I I'll just even... copy exactly what this is and put it okay, on thank yours. You. Here lies she who spent her manhood <laughs> defending or her womanhood defending the homes of Texas. Have you forbidden Texas? No. <laughs> Well, then that's why it's funny. <laughs> Defending the lives of ghosts. How about that? Okay, I guess. Sure. Or demons. He, he was a great guy, and he was trying to defend his land, but his family was anything but faithful, and they did not abide by his wishes. And so they sold the property to UTMB, like, basically as soon as he passed away. And after all that work, poor guy. After all that work. It's like, That's just sad. listen to the guy, you know, or he's going to come back and haunt the hall forever, which is basically what he did because construction started not long after. And that's when the building was constructed, the um, Ewing Hall, which is where the, the face lies. So people think that this is Bigfoot Wallace's revenge. I love that. Yeah. Just like a big F you to his family and UTMB. Yeah. For their betrayal and their takeover of his land. Wow. Like in your face. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, and so people really think that it's him not only because of that past, but also because the face on the wall really does have a lot of similarity to Bigfoot Wallace's face. Wow. Do you Some know how he got his nickname? No, I don't. I he's, also He's a mystical creature, <laughs> Bigfoot. 
it's honestly i think it might have been his <laughs> name it was like it was like bigfoot aa wallace or something like that hmm. so it's not an name. interesting i think it might have been his given name maybe his parents actually found bigfoot but no one believed them so they named their son bigfoot and then no one believed in this guy and so he oh. died and had his land taken from him way to make me cry sorry <laughs> So this is the backstory or what people believe to be the backstory behind the face that is moving around this building. Some say it's just legend because apparently records show that the property where UTMB sits was always state property. But I think it sounds like some shady ass cover up. Right. 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 While this may seem like a very awesome and easy way to see something paranormal because we always are like, you should go. Here are the tour dates, blah, 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 blah. And this is something that you can just like see without – you know, having to right. you can just go walk on night. campus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also just remember that this is state property and you can actually be arrested for trespassing. <laughs> but if you do happen to visit, the face is on Ewing Hall. It's facing Dockside on Harborside Drive. So it's it's facing basically the water. Um, and getting to this side of the building can be pretty difficult and even deadly because supposedly there was a young woman who drove to the building in the 90s to see the face, and she accidentally drove into the water next to the building. And then her seatbelt locked, and so she couldn't get out of her car. So she drowned. Wait, that's so scary. Yeah, it's very scary. Uh, so Whoa. if arrest and potential injury and potential death or losing your car to water isn't enough to keep you away, just know that in the research I did, there were – YouTube videos with interviews and many articles where people said that the energy in the space is bad. People who've seen the face oh. all report the same thing, that they get a really uneasy easy feeling and that they're just like very seriously creeped out. They should dedicate so, the hall to him. Yeah, maybe they should because I wonder – it almost like I always go back to the Bell Witch because it's the very first example that we had on the podcast of um, someone's spirit, someone in, in real life that maybe wasn't so horrible but some right. bad part of them broke off and just like tormented people in the afterlife. So maybe right. there was some sort of anger that came off of him and is now stained on the hall. But if you also – also if you think of it from like human psychology, like – to work that hard your entire life to protect something you love and care about so much and then the second you die to see it just get all that hard work fall apart, that would drive anyone to some anger. Right. And I think I wonder too if maybe it's not even about the building, like the uneasy feeling maybe came from – maybe it is his spirit attached to the wall and all these people are coming to go see his face, his mark on the wall but he doesn't understand that and so he thinks he's observing them come and like ooh and ah and freak out over the building and he's like how dare you enjoy this building like this building ruined the end years of my life yeah my afterlife it ruined it ruined his the rest of his being in the paranormal world because maybe he sees it as like a mocking thing when people go i don't know but anyway if you do want to go i mean You'd be trespassing, so probably don't do that. If, unless you go for a, <clears throat> unless you go for like a school tour and you can join a tour, pretend you're applying for college or pretend you're bringing your child for college. And right. And then you the say, tour. I must see Ewing Hall before I can make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, remember that it is facing the water. So the best and safest vantage point to see the face is from the water you can hop on the galveston harbor tour which actually takes you around the harbor and makes a stop in front of the face so if you want to do things a little more correctly do that oh that's cool that's a good idea yes 
So maybe we'll post a picture of the face in the wall as yeah, well we should. Mm-hmm. on our Instagram because mm-hmm. uh, it's weird. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, isn't it? I just love moving faces. I want to be a moving face when I'm dead. Where would I show up though? Is there any place that has Mars? I'm going to be on Mars. My oh, face God. is just going to show up all over Mars. It's like the man on the moon, the Sabrina on the Mars. Yeah. So you're going to look through a telescope at Mars. You just see my face. What kind of facial expression are you going to make? That one's scary. <laughs> About <laughs> that one's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I'll do. <laughs> I'll do my Samara oh my demon God. face. Wow, you have you have such range with your facial expressions. <laughs> I should be a face actor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those old headshots, like back in the day when people used to do like smile. Now I'm sad. Now I'm funny. Like just so. I corny. love looking at those. Look at how oh. funny I am. I'm it's- laughing. And then you wear glasses in one and then like, yes. oh, God, I can horrible. do comedy. Like, who decided that that was the way things should be? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Someone who, I mean, had to have been like made to be a joke. It's like, oh, we have to look through so many photos. Let's make it funny. Yeah. That's basically what Snapchat is now. Like, all I use it for is to send pictures of me with my, like, from, like, awkward angles. Yeah, I don't use Snapchat anymore. Yeah. They updated it, and then I hated the update, and then I wrote to their customer service because oh. that's the type of person I am. <laughs> I was like, you ruined this. I didn't say it like that. But I was like, I think it's in your best interest and my best interest if you revert back because now my friend group isn't sending Snapchats, and I would like to keep <laughs> up with them. And they didn't. So goodbye, Snapchat. You're dead to me. But I Insta story. I'm an Instagrammer. Oh, yeah. I'm like so bad with social media. I'm so good with our podcast social media, but I'm so bad with my personal social media. I I think I'm bad at both, so. (laughs) Just who we are. So much for being great millennials. We suck at it. Listener stories time. Okay, I have an email. Okay. This is called Level 8 Scary. (laughs) Okay. This is from Justin. Good evening, ghostesses. I'm Justin from Irving, Texas, the Dallas area. I have lived a large part of my life in haunted locations and experienced my fair share of paranormal. I've heard every one of your podcasts, so now it's time that I share my experiences. I'll start from my very first experience when I was eight years old. We went to visit my aunt and uncle in San Antonio, Texas. This was the first time I'd ever been to their house. My stepfather and mother decided we should go on a big vacation, and my sister and I were more than happy to get out of our small town to go to the big city. We arrived at their house, and I was more than fatigued from the four-and-a-half-hour, five-hour drive. Four-and-a-half to five-hour drive. So I took a three-hour nap and woke up close to the middle of the evening. After eating and hanging out, the older men left, and the women and children stayed behind watching TV. Her TV room was connected to the kitchen, and just past that was the dining room. My aunt was next to the kitchen watching TV, and I saw a lady walk by into their dining room. Having accounted for everyone in the house, I asked my aunt, who was that? And she asked, what do you mean, who was that? I said, that lady that walked by in the dining room. She gave me a stone look and said, oh, that's our ghost. (laughs) The lady I saw was a thicker mom-style lady with a white dress and a bun in her hair. She seemed to flow at a steady pace and was full-bodied. He's checking out a ghost. I think he means like you could see from head oh. to toe. <laughs> Not like she's full figured. <laughs> I like read it as like she had big boobs and nice butt. Looking like a snack. <laughs> <laughs> no, a full 
body apparition. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Common oh, mistake God. when you're talking about ghosts. <laughs> okay. Justin says, not believing in ghosts, it was difficult to believe her, and I resigned to agree to disagree. She was a sweet lady who I felt wouldn't lie to me, but I just didn't believe. So around bedtime, everyone everyone went to their assigned bedrooms, and they put me in their front room where the lady was seen walking, and they gave me a blanket. It was springtime in San Antonio, so I was not going to use a blanket. It was too hot. I woke up in the middle of the night freezing my ass off. I was still half asleep, but conscious enough to know I was cold as hell. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw my aunt come in, pull the blanket that was folded from under my feet, and gently and lovingly tuck me in. It felt oh so gosh. awesome, and I told myself to thank her in the morning. I remember seeing her in a nightgown, in a nightgown with a bun in her hair. I the already next, love where this is going. Uh-huh. The next morning, I woke up, and I walked into the dining area where my mom and aunt were talking, and I politely thanked her for covering me up in the night. She gave me a concerned look from the side of her eye and said, uh, I didn't cover you. I asked if she was sure, and she laughingly said that she didn't do it. And so I asked my mom if it was her, and my mom said it wasn't. Thinking back to that situation, I now realized why I was so cold. It was the ghost. The temperature dropped so low because she was around me. This was my first ever experience with the paranormal, and it was the start of a very paranormal active life that I have been very open to and have more stories to share. So this last one is from when he was age 8 to 10 in Midland, Texas. My mom got a new financial job with the government, and we moved to Midland, Texas. I was leaving behind all my family and all I've ever known, and my heart was broken. The house we rented was a lot bigger than we were used to, and it was in a nicer area than we had ever stayed in. Once we were all settled, my family had to go to the mall to get a few things that we were lacking. They asked if I wanted to go with them, but I declined since I wanted to watch TV. Keep in mind, this was in the late 80s, so kids could stay home alone at the age of 7. After being alone in the house for about 15 to 20 minutes, I felt so uneasy and had an eerie feeling that I'd never really felt. I got up and ran outside and sat on the curb until my family got back. That was a boring two hours outside, lol. I love that the instinct was just to sit outside for two hours. <laughs> I mean, my my 25-year-old cousin did that the other day when I saw someone That's walk true. behind her on FaceTime. But now we have like phones and things that can keep us <laughs> occupied, but just sitting there like twiddling your thumbs, drawing pictures in the mud with your stick like that's what i imagine he was doing that's the good life though that's what we need to get back to i know that's true uh later in the next weeks i met a few friends and after about five minutes they asked me with the same concern looked i'd received from my aunt if i was afraid to stay in that house not knowing what they meant i asked i asked what they meant they said a lady just died in that house i half believed them but i also wanted to just put it in the back of my mind because i wasn't going to be about that in the following days, I felt such a depression I'd never felt. I would burst into tears and sit by myself in my room crying uncontrollably. I attributed this to missing my family back home, but it happened so much when I was in my room. Fast forward to a week or so later, since my stepbrother and I shared a room, our room was everyone's congregating room. Of course, since I was small and fell asleep first, my two stepbrothers and my sister would pick on me and do mean things while I was asleep. My stepbrother put some cream in my hand and started tickling my nose. Instead of slapping myself with the cream, I wiped it on the wall. I opened my eyes, sat up, and started mouthing something to them and started pointing to them as if I was scolding them. They said my eyes were bloodshot red and I kept mouthing something with an angry look on my face. My sister and one of my stepbrothers ran out of the room all the way outside of the house, and it was around midnight. My stepbrother started to run, but decided he couldn't leave me in that state. He yelled at me and said, go back to sleep. He said I looked at him, closed my eyes, and immediately fell back to sleep. 
Coming out of my state, I remember hearing them and I opened my eyes. They were all standing above me with terrified looks on their faces. At first, I thought they were playing a joke and I wanted, and wanted to scare me by the way they were standing so close to me. They told me what happened and after about an hour of telling me, I finally believed them. My stepbrother who stayed in my room told me that I'd do it every night, twice a night. Looking back, I was always so tired when I'd wake up. I now think that she drained me of my energy when she'd have her time in me. <gasps> Mrs. Leona was her name. There were many other stories about that house. It was the most haunted location I've ever heard of. It was as if we had another roommate we couldn't see. Doors opened and closed all the time. I'll save other stories for another day. I hope my stories make it on your podcast someday soon. I'll be back another time to share more. Take care, and I'll see you on the other side. Regards, Justin from Irving, Texas. That ghost was like it's it's such a weird situation because the ghost was simultaneously protecting him but also like taking over him. Yeah, maybe it wasn't an understanding of of what it did to him, you know, that it would affect his right energy level in the morning. It's so interesting. And I wonder the purpose of it because it didn't sound like it didn't sound like he would get up and do anything at night. It was just kind of like he would sometimes wake up and say a few things, but didn't seem to leave right. his bedroom. So I wonder why she would enter his body. Or I wonder if he's like a medium of some sort and he opened himself up to like let spirits channel themselves through him, but he didn't, he wasn't aware of it yet or wasn't able to understand his ability. Yeah. It was an unintention, unintentional thing when he yeah. was relaxed. I don't know. But I do think it's sweet that because his siblings were, like, bullying him, this ghost would, like, put an end to it. Like, there's no better way to learn to stop bullying or teasing your younger sibling by a ghost (laughs) possessing your sibling and then, like, staring at you and mouthing off and saying weird words to you. Yeah, can you imagine, too, like, you're all standing there giggling, thinking he's going to, like, gently touch his face and get the cream on, and he just, like, turns and slaps the wall and looks at you like, stop that. You're like, that's not my brother. (laughs) Spooky. Who are you? But I also just love his first story from his first story that the woman would tuck him in. And And it was his first ever ghost experience, which is the best Such a loving ghost experience, like, walked over and very lovingly and sweetly tucked him into bed, made sure he was – like saw that he was cold, perhaps did not realize that it was because of <laughs> her presence. Of, yeah. <laughs> she was just checking that. in on him and then was like, oh, little dude's cold. <laughs> so I love the idea of like a ghost watching over you and putting a blanket on you because, oh, no, they're cold. But it's like, oh, wait, I'm causing them to be cold. <laughs> yeah. Just every time I come in here, he always seems to start shivering. I always have to come in to check on him so that I can put the blanket on him. Why is everyone so cold around me? (laughs) So funny. So sweet. What's your story? Okay. This is called I Worked at a Haunted Theater. Ooh, we love haunted theaters. Love them. They're all haunted, we believe. Yes. Truly. Hey, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Sarah, and I just wanted to start off by saying I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and I've been making all of my friends download it and listen. Thank you, Sarah, for participating in our pyramid scheme. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my accounts come from this haunted theater I worked at for four years. The Playhouse Theater is called Angelo Civic Theater in San Angelo, Texas. Although they're really isn't anything known about why it is haunted. There are many stories from our patrons, volunteers, old employees, board members, and visitors. Since we are a nonprofit, we rely heavily 
we rely heavily on donation items. So a lot of our clothes and furniture we get are from all different time periods. Example, we have a wedding dress from the 1880s. What? So cool. That's cool. Real military uniforms from World War I and II, a grand piano from a deceased lady's house, etc. So cool. I love when old antiques go to good use. Yes. Like, I I love to hear about it, but I don't want it in my own home because it it scares me a little bit. Although I really I really do want a church pew, just one single church pew, and I want it to be in the entryway of my future home. Yeah, maybe yeah. Do you have to do like a good like reading of the pew before you bring it home? I'll have a priest bless it first. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh okay. The location started as the Parkway Movie Theater in the 1950s, and it didn't formally turn into a Playhouse Theater, Angelo Civic Theater, until the 80s. But since the beginning of it turning into a theater, ghost encounters have started. Here are a few of my accounts. I heard a lot about ghosts that inhabited the theater when I first started working there in 2013, but I never encountered anything. I mostly worked at this huge location by myself and sometimes worked as late as 12 or 1 a.m. Because we are a nonprofit, it is a huge... And it was a huge building. We kept most of the lights off unless we were using the room. Most of my time there I spent in my office that was in the front of the building located by the lobby. And there's a whole other side of the building I never go in. A lot of the times when I was alone and walking around, I would feel someone watching me from one of the dark rooms or hear someone walking down one of the halls. It wasn't until six months of me working there that I was closing up lit late at night with two other people at 10 p.m. When we lock up, we essentially have to walk room to room and turn the lights off and make sure everything is shut down and the doors are locked. We were walking in the dark through every room and the last place we were in before we had to leave the building was on the stage with just a small lamp that lights up the area. That's eerie. So creepy. I totally get it because that's like how theaters are, but. Yeah, too many dark corners in a theater. Yeah. We were standing on the stage talking when we heard chains move and footsteps from the shop area slash backstage and a song like whistling coming from Mm. one end of the backstage to the other. We all looked at each other in disbelief and one of the people that was with me, an older lady who'd been with the theater for 20 years, said, that's Bart, the theater's friendly ghost. (laughs) From here, I would constantly hear whistling coming from all over the place, sometimes when I was alone and other times when I was with others. Since we were a nonprofit, we worked with a lot of people who were doing community service for their probation. We mostly just sent them somewhere to clean for X amount of hours. And we've had many occasions where our service workers would straight up walk out and refuse <laughs> to come back because someone grabbed them or they saw someone standing in the dark. Oh, <laughs> that's creepy. It makes me wonder if the spirits there are just like a little weary of new people and don't want their stuff to be like touched. And it's like, I'm watching you. Don't do anything shady. Just wanted to make sure you didn't, you know, ruin my piano. Didn't mess with my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It got so bad that the probation director had to formally tell the workers that the place is possibly haunted before they started doing their hours at our theater. Amazing. There is a door in the lobby that we leave open that has stairs that go up to the booth. And I have seen people come down from the stairs and walk into one of the other doors in our lobby all the time. Wow. One time. I She's got so many experiences so here. It's many. crazy. I mean. That's awesome. It's so awesome. No one can say it's not haunted. I mean, everyone right. who goes in seems to have something happen. 
Right. One time I opened early to get it ready for an event that day. And when I open early, I usually come in and lock the door behind me to prevent anyone else from coming in who does not have a key. Smart. And if they were to come in, I would be able to hear them and see them. We have heavy, heavy as you have to push the doors close and they only slowly close doors that lead from our lobby area to the auditorium in the theater. I came in and closed the doors and I walked in the into the middle of the lobby, turned around to pick something up off of the floor, and in the corner of my eye, I saw a head poking out around the door watching me. Oh, my God. As soon as I looked up, the door slammed shut. And these doors do not slam at all. Too heavy to do that. Oh, my God. I ran into the auditorium, and there was no one in there. As I was freaking out, I called my boss, and I walked back to the lobby where I turned my back to the heavy doors, only for it to open by itself and then be slammed shut again. Whoa. Oh, my God. I would run out and be like, fuck this. Yeah, because the strength of that ghost in order to slam those doors shut must be strong. I wonder if she's ever, or if anyone working there has ever like spoken out loud to explain to them like oh i know you're not used to me being here at this time but we have an event so i'm just here right to open up early like we're just gonna this is what i'm doing like talk out loud and explain what you're doing so there's no confusion uh, a month after this my coworker and my boss were locking up and when they were on stage they looked up and they saw a lady in white staring down at them from the booth upstairs Ooh. my coworker ran out to the parking lot where her nose started to bleed oh my gosh yeah, there's some powerful ghosts in here. Yeah, the nosebleed is scary like that. It is. I wonder why. Right. Another experience I had was that there was a ghost that loved to turn on the faucets in the bathrooms. <laughs> I would have people that came into my office and would tell me that the water was running in the bathrooms. And some of these bathrooms had no public access and I would be working by myself all day and no other people would come through. That seems like a nuisance. And it's like they're a nonprofit, man. Like they can't. The water bill. That water bill is real high. Come on, ghost. And just like earth. Like, don't. Come on, ghost. Do something else. That's true. Shuffle some papers. <laughs> Perhaps scan all of the papers into the system and create oh. a paperless just Wait, that's amazing. System, right? You know, it would be helpful. You're like, help bring them to the, the newest helpful. century. Exactly. One of the scariest moments, though, was when I was working with my coworker in my office. My office had a window that overlooked the lobby on one side and one of those half doors where you can unlock the top part and keep it open while the bottom half was shut on the other side. I was working on the computer at the desk that faced the window while my coworker was working at the desk that faced the door. Something caught my eye, and when I looked up, I could see in the mirror in the lobby that faced the door that comes into my office. At that moment, a black mist came <gasps> into my office. What? Just as I saw it, I said, oh, shit. And at the same time, my coworker did, too. I turned to her and we both said again, did you see that, too? She said yes. She said she'd seen the black mist come into my office, but this time through the door. And we both saw the black mist it freaked us out so much that we had to leave the building oh because that means that whatever this mist was gave them like real uneasy feelings yeah and it's scary too because like one person's facing one person's facing the door and the other person's like seeing it in the reflection yeah. it's like <gasps> ooh, i think ooh. it's almost worse to see it in the reflection yeah like it's approaching I you agree. but you're not quite prepared you're a little because your back is turned to it right oh Oh, God. Um, another one of the scariest moments is when I walked back into my office from the back and I 
caught a glimpse of someone hunched over and hiding under the window to my office that's in the lobby. Oh, my God. At first, it didn't bother me until I had a friend that was talking to me in my office. And my back was turned to the window and my friend was facing it and stopped what he was saying and had a terrified look on his (gasps) face until he said, I just saw someone in the mirror in the lobby hunched over by your window like it was hiding. (gasps) When I kept looking, it turned and saw me in the mirror and then disappeared. Oh, Oh. My God. The mirror. We That mirror needs to go. That mirror needs to go. I hate mirrors. Get rid of it. <laughs> Imagine if there wasn't a mirror, though, and, like, probably the amount of things that she doesn't or didn't even notice. Right. It makes – though. okay. The mirror caught. This one makes me think of a child. It's super creepy because children's spirits have their own eeriness because a lot of times they're not children. Sometimes they're scary demonic things mimicking children. Mm-hmm. But this reminds me of a child like playing hide and seek and like, you can't see me, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about like <sighs> it crouching and then like slowly turning and making eye contact Ooh. in the mirror. It's like the disappearing. grudge. It really is. It almost feels like a warning. Like, I see you. Oh my God. I hate it. It's, it's so creepy. creepy. Uh, many times I would come in in the morning by myself and someone would say, hello, as Aww. soon as I came in. So most of the time, it was a friendly presence, but sometimes it was just too much to be there. Yeah. Anyways, this wasn't my first experience with ghosts, but it was certainly the most frequent. Sarah. Wow. Sarah had so many experiences in this theater. So many. And it's like such an array. It's like, you know, a a friendly spirit just whistling and getting his work done and then all of a sudden there's this lady in white kind of lurking and causing nosebleeds and then a crouching creature like "Mm." i know oh it's so fascinating it makes me think well i mean she said it herself they have so many antiques that like i'm sure there are so many spirits that are attached to these things that come in with them and then also just goes to like the theater or maybe are attached to the land it sounds like some people are just some spirits are just happy to be there and then yeah. others are a little maybe more confused or wary of like their own items right. or like people coming into their space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be confusing if you did attach yourself to some object of yours that you held dear to you, like your wedding dress, for example, and then to be moved to a theater and then be like, oh, why am I here? And then like, why are people wearing my dress on a stage? It, it reminds me almost of like the zoo and zookeepers, you know, like like the spirits might get used to certain people, like certain workers coming in and touching right. their stuff or moving stuff around. But if a different zookeeper, someone brand new came in to the baboon exhibit to give them food, they might be like, who in the hell are you? Yeah, that makes me sad. I don't like to think of ghosts in a zoo because I don't like zoos. I'm not a big fan of zoos either. I know that the treatment is fine, but just I want them to be happy and living in their own habitat. There's good good things about zoos and bad things. The yeah. bad things are that some animals definitely should, like, we shouldn't have them in zoos. They should be in their in the own wild. habitat yeah. or at least have way larger spaces. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to create a zoo, then you probably should buy 500 acres. Buy a whole state. <laughs> yeah, buy, buy the, an entire buy the whole state, state and let them free. Um, <laughs> But then there are there are other animals that are super endangered and could be killed, right? Or I yeah. don't know. It goes. That's true. And then you can, and then I go back and forth too with a, like, well, how much do we do to save species? Like, there 
it's just part of the world, like extinction happens. I know. But then again, it's like, well, extinction is happening at such a high rate, it seems like, in our lifetime that is it our fault? Do we have to do something? Do we step in or do we let it happen? Um, there's a podcast, I know I've talked about it before, but Ologies by Allie Ward. She basically, um, interviews different specialists Mm -hmm. or professionals and these experts basically in, in a different profession in our world. And I just listened to one on like oceans and pollution and stuff. And it was just, it was really good. Everyone should go listen to her podcast or at least that episode because- I started watching um, Adrift, the Shailene Woodley movie. I want to see it. But it is so intense. And just the thought of being stuck in the ocean in a horrible storm and having to like survive. I mean, it's just like any of those survival shows at all. Like I survived. They, it just sends you, it like makes you cringe because it's like, what would I do in that situation? And Shailene Woodley, this is based on a true story. And Shailene Woodley's character is a vegetarian in the movie and i like so like i feel so connected to it because i'm like what would i do in those situations like i'd have to eat meat but it would be really hard yeah i mean that's just that i survive i don't would it be hard at that point i feel like there's so much that kicks in that it's just survival mode that it's it's like you just do whatever you know i know but like i wouldn't know the first thing about actually i did cook sausage for nick this past weekend and i did it great if i don't say so myself so but like (laughs) i just don't know like what i like, I don't know anything about me. I'd have, like, trouble. I'd survive, maybe. We'll see. No, yeah. we won't see. I, I hope is, to never be in that situation. It is. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it is interesting, though, just to think about what you would do. I love talking about, like, apocalypse or, like, if you're trapped on an island or, like, whatever. Right. Because it's something that, like, you and I don't have to do or think about on a daily basis. Like, we live – in an area in cities like where everything is provided for us we use money to go buy everything we need to survive we don't know anything the really crazy thing though if if you look at for example when hurricane florence was happening if you looked at images of grocery stores like all of the water all of the supplies were gone within a few days and it's like except for the vegan food did you see right well that's always i'd be great I'd, i'd survive on vegan food you could chill there for like a month. No one would be touching it. <laughs> and tofu doesn't go bad for so long. Guys, this is brilliant. Why wouldn't you get tofu? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like I feel like we are so reliant on these stores and all these things that like it would become chaos in the end of the world situation. That's why I really want a greenhouse. I watched so many videos on how to create your own greenhouse and I want a big greenhouse. But then it's also like, well, then if the world, if something does happen, what do you do? Do you share your greenhouse with other people? Like what is the limit of like what you can provide to others? Because you want to help people out, but it's also like, well, I need to help out myself like number one too. Right. Well, then also this is why in an apocalyptic world, people would kill each other because – if you don't share, people will be like, well, I want it for myself then. It's desperation. It's like, yeah, it's desperation. You'll do anything to survive. But I hope we never have to get there. I I'll be a face on Mars by that point. It's kind of – it just like brings me back to when you would take philosophy in high school and college. And it's yeah. like, well, what do you push one person in front, in front of, of the train, train to save, save many or do you push yeah. many to save the one, one person you know? I'd put myself in front of the train. With. But that's not if it, that's not your if that's not your option. <laughs> that's you can't I, it, cheat. It's you like, have to choose one or the other. You know what's actually the good place uh, that show with Ted Danson. They have all these discussions about philosophy and talk about 
they do like a whole scenario about this. It's a very smart show if you want to watch it. Mm, okay. I won't talk about what I would do. <laughs> I, I like am so indecisive about everything in the world. So I couldn't make a decision. Yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, if it's like, if it's like just an ordinary day on the tracks, my decision would be different than if it was like a serve like almost like survival mode like if we were on survivor it's like well if i know the person i'm going to want to save them over the strangers Mm -hmm. but what if they bring no value or skills to our survival and the other group there's like someone who can cure cancer in that group yeah but then like we make all these like scenarios in our head because we want to avoid answering the question yeah do you remember that show the colony no I think it was on Discovery Channel or Amy or some something. It was a reality show though, and they brought people to um to this part of LA. They basically it was just like these abandoned warehouses, and they had to basically like survive, like apocalypse style. Whoa! They also and, have naked and afraid. They do that kind of where you like survive in the woods. Oh yeah, but you have to be naked. <laughs> but you have to be naked. Um, I knew someone that was on Colony. Really? Was, yeah, I I had talked about it before. My friend Sam, who had who I was friends with in middle school, his dad, and actually his mom made an appearance too. His dad was on it and he's like a genius and he made a solar panel. And I was like, see, this, these are the things I wouldn't know how to do. He like made a solar panel with this other guy. Wow. He put it on the back of a little cart that they found so that they could drive around the whole property and like gather supplies faster. And I was like, this is a skill that I would never have and never do. I'd be see, walking everywhere. This is why if an apocalypse was to happen, you need to find people like this of value yes. in your life make good with them, and you'll survive. Everyone needs to pick one thing that you think you could be really good at and just practice that skill so that you have that when the apocalypse comes. It's like, well, what are you good at? Instead of saying like, well, I don't really know. You could be like, I am a master fish filleter. I can uh, skin a fish in two what would, seconds. What would you say? What's your skill? Um, Intimidation. Oh. <laughs> I that's think a, I could That's protect, a good skill. Yeah, you're protect a Protect the pack when it comes to mental games and manipulation (laughs) this is why i'm single (laughs) oh man worst answer in a job interview (laughs) manipulation (laughs) what would yours be uh that's a good question i can give everyone compliments and make them feel better about the terrible situation i'm morale i'm morale there we go okay cheer cheerleader well because actually so i'm on my kickball team and we're really really horrible like we had a game last night we've lost every (laughs) single game by like 10 points or more but it's just for fun it's just for fun right but i like am 100 the biggest cheerleader i'm spirit i'm morale that's great that's a that's a good addition to the team yeah all right this is fun this is fun. If you have stories of your own, mm-hmm. doesn't specifically have to include ghosts. It can be if you saw Bigfoot, hey, tell us. Yeah. Aliens, anything that's paranormal, a little offbeat. Fairies, or zombies, vampires, anything. Tell us. Your apocalypse skill, what you would mm-hmm. bring to our team. We're going to start the recruitment now because you never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. So email us at twogirlsonegoostpodcast at gmail.com. And then if you want to pick a topic like Margaret did this week of Texas, hauntings in Texas, you can donate to our Patreon. There are a few tiers that as their bonuses, you get to pick a topic. Uh, we also have all different tiers. You get stickers, discounts on merch, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a great way to support our podcast and help us produce better content and more content in the future. 
We also have iTunes. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars if Five you stars. are so kind. And if you write a little review, it definitely helps because it helps keep us on the top 200 and helps other people yeah. find us. la di da da la di la di da We also have merch. We just released new merch last week. We have our favorite things, like just like a cute little design with all of our favorite things. And then the most haunted podcast in America design. And um, we have social media. So follow us there. Yes. We'll post all of the fun things that we talked about, which I'm now forgetting, uh, that we mentioned on and social media. We have a P.O. box now. We do. Yes. We have had a lot of messages where people asked if there was a place that they could send stuff to. So we, in re- in reaction to all of those messages, got ourselves a P.O. box. Yeah. And I'm going to just say the address right now, but you don't have to memorize it because we'll post it on social media, on our website, and other places that you can uh, look. So it is two girls, one ghost at 25 New Chardon Street. (laughs) No one's going to remember this. P.O. Box 5619, Boston, Massachusetts, 02114. Yes. So we'll post that, the address, other places so people yeah. can. And then if you ever don't want, if you can't find it or, or are confused or where to find it, you can also email us and ask. Yes. Um, That's all from us. And we will see you, see you on the other side. Very spooky.